0: Jesus asked his disciples, Am I not permitted to do what I want with what belongs to me? Or are you envious that I am generous? Those two questions follow another parable from Matthew's gospel. Quite a familiar parable. I wonder if we remember those questions. Often Jesus' parables are so emotionally gripping we get stuck in them and are unable to complete the passage of Scripture because of how emotionally charged the parables can be. Am I not permitted to do what I want with what belongs to me? Or are you envious that I am generous? Jesus asks tough questions. Answering them implicates us. I don't know about you, but between those two questions, I'm not sure I want to answer either one. Jesus has a way in his storytelling of following them up with questions of reflection, and sometimes the parables become so familiar to us, we can kind of become numb to the power that is found in them. That might be the case with today's two stories, that of the lost sheep, one out of a hundred, that of the lost coin, one out of ten. These stories are so familiar to us, I imagine that you in our culture. Around in our common language, we talk about being the lost sheep. Where does that reference come from, if not from Scripture? So we are invited to reflect upon Jesus' words to us, even in charity. Jesus talks about the sinners, the tax collectors, and that are coming and hearing what he has to say. Those that are lost. Jesus has come to bring good news to the lost. Maybe you know what it feels like to be lost, to be in a time of darkness where you don't know which way is out. So consuming can the darkness be that you're not even sure where to look for the small pinprick of light so that you can start to journey toward it. It can be overwhelming, the void can seem eternally expansive. That's what it feels like to be lost. There are all sorts of things that can lead to that in our lives. Usually some series of events that causes us to wonder how all of this works and where we fit in the midst of this life journey. We may wonder even if we're worthy of this life or if we're worthy at all. When we are lost, the good news that we hear from this passage of Scripture is that Jesus comes to find us, that God pursues us, We hear the good news that we don't need to be afraid because wherever we are, unable to find the start to the way out, God will find us there. All we need to do is keep alert and slowly we will begin to notice the sound that we hear and that the sound turns into our name and that we can turn and respond to it being taken unto Christ himself. That's the good news in this passage for sinners, for the lost. But there's also a message of good news for the righteous. Jesus is speaking to them as well as they're gathered here. We hear in the beginning the Pharisees are noticing that Jesus interfaces with tax collectors and sinners, even invites them to the table, the same table they sit at, and they are grumbling. Jesus, through his two stories, tells them that the right response to the fact that sinners come into our midst and have their lives saved, the right response is to rejoice. Both stories, that of the shepherd who looks for the lost sheep and the woman who looks for the lost coin, both stories culminate in, upon finding it, inviting those that are already found to rejoice in what has been found. That's the message to us. I would say that, yes, even as we're sinners, we are also among the righteous. We are among the ones who have been looking to follow Jesus in our lives, practicing it as best as we can, trying to uphold the faith that we have received. And we are challenged by today's gospel of what the response is to Jesus' generous and abundant love. It's not to grumble, it's not to be envious, it's to rejoice. Indeed, sometimes that takes just sheer discipline. When we see who God is inviting into the good news, sometimes it's just sheer discipline that we have to rely on to rejoice at what God is doing. We may not understand it, we may not know what the ramifications of it are, we might be aware of our uncertainties that give us pause. But we are given direction from our gospel lesson today that the response is to rejoice. In the Eucharistic Prayer A, which we aren't saying today, we talk about the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. I'm intrigued by that word, the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Sometimes it feels like a sacrifice— Sometimes we don't understand or even feel up to praise and thanksgiving. So mindful are we of our frustrations or our work before us or the limitations of this world or the injustices that we're aware of. We can be so consumed with the wrongs that we see that it's hard to turn to an action of praise and thanksgiving. Maybe we don't understand why things are the way they are, and we refuse to celebrate until we gain some understanding. Jesus is speaking then to us. It becomes, in essence, a sacrifice to lay down our, our inability to know, our inability to understand, so that we can turn to praise. It becomes, in essence, a sacrifice to lay down our frustrations, our certainties, our judgments, so that we can turn to praise. Our Eucharistic prayer says, in almost all of them, it is a good and joyful, a right and good thing at all times and in all ways to give praise to you. There might be a little voice in the back that says, really? At all times? In all ways? We are invited by the gospel lesson to lay that down, to put down that doubt or fear so that we can practice Rejoicing with what God is doing. This is the invitation to us, as the body of Christ, to respond to God's generous, merciful, abundant love as ones who celebrate God's generous, abundant, and merciful love so that we might see that reflected in the world. That's the good news for us in our gospel today. Amen.